0: This is the Non-Stop Working Podcast. A lot of people think I'm from the hood. This is where we living at, y'all. Go on down for anchorfm 4 Determining that it's something beyond. Some people have footage. We're on our way to one million or more. You treat my Some people might not have footage at all, you know. Nonstop Working, Working. They have naturalized. Properties. You can also find Non-Stop Working on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, what's going down? It's your man, Mr. Hurd, live and in full effect, holding it down for anchor.fm forward slash 215, the non stop working podcast, Philadelphia's number one independent podcast, DAUS, the Divine Artistic United Society. Shout out to everybody who's been visiting our website, www.daus.me, where we're non stop working. Yo, we got a, another decent segment here for you. Alright. It's gonna be cool. You guys should uh enjoy it. We got some 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 splaining to do a bit. Alright, but I want you guys to really pay attention. It falls right in line with some of the things we've already discussed here at the nonstop working podcast and also it supports and is supported by some of the things we're discussing over at the SWINT network. Shout out to everybody who's been tuning into the SWINT. We're off to a wonderful start there. So recently, we just spoke with D-Money. This is the all that this went. We had D-Money on the air, you know, discussing Backstory Battle League. We also had Abdullah Bey bringing us some of the Moorish perspective on things, informing us about his latest book and um, a variety of other things that you guys should head on over and check out if you haven't. And he's going to be coming on air soon to discuss with us reparations and Uh, Post-Dominium He's going to be talking about Reparations and Post-Dominium And if you guys aren't familiar with What Post-Dominium is You're going to want to tune in He's going to break that down And explain why that's the more appropriate Argument or position um, To take Mm -hmm. So Yeah, we got uh, some decent stuff in store So in this segment I want to talk about A couple things to kind of get us Prepared for uh, that post-dominium discussion, and also to just further explain or help us get an understanding of where we are today in our current situation and what it actually is, all right, so, so buckle up, I'm glad you guys are here, it's going to be uh, it's gonna be cool, so I want to start with uh, giving you guys a little clip from Dr. King, all right, where he's talking about Black power. He's talking about black power. Now, as we've been explaining to you for some time now, where the terms black and white, uh, the idea of people being crayons, we've talked about that as not being a real thing. We've talked about how they've conditioned people all around the world at this point to identify with skin color Um, brown skin being referred to as black and lighter skin being referred to as white and we also understand that people have been conditioned to associate color of skin with race we know that you can find people with dark skin all over the planet okay and we also know that um, dark skin or the darker races can produce many shades of person including light-skinned persons mm? so we've talked about much of this stuff already and this has been known for some time right many people know this all right And I want to start pointing out that those people who are being called our leaders and um, movement creators, that many of them discuss these things, right? Part of the hardship has been getting the people to understand and comprehend what the discussion is all about. Hmm. Now, I'm going with Stokely Carmichael because I think there's a lot of confusion around his position, and I want I want people to understand that that's the kind of confusion that exists because of ignorance, out of ignorance, as a result of ignorance. right? And so many people say, well, Stokely Carmichael was a good guy, he was a great guy. He represented black power and he stood up for black folks. Okay. However, when we talk about black and we understand that that's not a real thing. uh, We have to ask, well, what was a Stokely Carmichael actually doing? What was his real intentions? If we understand that using the term black to classify a people takes them out of their rights right we have to say what were these people who presented ideas surrounding black and identifying with black did they do us a favor or did they do us a disservice did they help us or did they harm us and what was their true intention some may argue That, hey, these people simply didn't know any better. However, I have plenty of reason to suspect that they may have known. Hmm? So Stokely Carmichael was not an American. He was born in Trinidad. He is from Trinidad. His folks is from Trinidad. He's a Trinidadian. He did not live a life in an American slum per se he didn't grow up as we would say in the hood he spent his time in a Jewish community and attended school with folks that didn't look like myself and yourself okay now if you're an American, a black American, I'm saying black, and I'm meaning that connotatively, if you're what we refer to as black, and you grew up here, you were born here, you understand that many of the people coming from other places have all kinds of ideas about black Americans. They see them as ignorant, they see them as um, lazy, and Flashy, all different kind of things, right? We don't know what Stokely Carmichael's true feelings about black Americans were. Okay? He said, well, he wanted to make sure black folks voted. Well, any person claiming to be for black folks who weren't trying to help them comprehend the legal situations truthfully they weren't really helping there's video where stokely is out speaking with a woman at her house on her porch you know what i mean it's a regular woman like you yeah. know She's not in a fancy house and in a little small little shack type place. And he's telling her about voting and the significance of voting and why she's going to do it. Now, he's not really educating her on why voting is necessary and those things. What he's doing is telling her what to do. So he's more like, so we're all going to do this and this, that, and the third. So what you need to do and this, that, and the third. So on this day, you're going to this. It's not from a place of let me educate or inform you. It's, hey, here's another way. Here's another person I can get to do what we need done, which is vote. We need them to vote. So here I see a picture of Stokely Carmichael. Just utilizing black as a means to get a vote. Now, votes are important, family, in this game that's been being played here on the land. Votes are important to parties, political parties, especially. Do you understand? And political parties have agendas so if you want to educate black folks you go out and you inform them of what's going on what Stokely was doing was going out just trying to get blacks to vote whether they were informed or not and so black power As a movement became the mechanism for Stokely Carmichael to secure votes. And once he's able to secure votes, anyone who could secure votes becomes important to political parties. Do you understand? So was Stokely Carmichael involved with any political parties? I'm pointing out that this game of mechanizing the term B-L-A-C-K, black, that the strategy of Blanketing dark-skinned indigenous people, blanketing them with that term. That has been a strategy for some time. The idea is to get the people... To detach themselves from their own right and place themselves in another position where there aren't any rights. So that they can be manipulated and that their true position can be usurped. So it's a strategy to gain power, essentially, but also money, resources, and so on. It's a strategy. I want you to hear what Dr. King says here about black power really fast.
1: If black power means amassing of political and economic strength... Uh, so that the Negro can achieve his legitimate goals, and it is something that we all believe in. But unfortunately, connotations have surrounded the slogan, Black Power, uh, of separatism and violence. I cannot believe in separatism. In other words, there is no salvation of the Negro through isolation. I cannot believe in violence because I think it creates many more social problems than it solves. It only serves to relieve the guilt of the white community while increasing the fears.
0: Okay, what what he politely just said, what he just politely said is, I don't agree. He said, I don't agree with black power. And he said, I don't believe in black power because unfortunately there has been connotative meanings applied to it. So if it means something good for black folks, like what he stated in the beginning, he said, then I'm for that. He said, however, that is not the case. Unfortunately, he's saying the term black power has been made to mean other things that I don't agree with like separatism and violence. But there's also other things, you understand? There's also other things that are being associated and applied to black. Black art, black music, black clubs, Black restaurants. Black hairstyles. Black communities. First black athlete, this. First black ever, that. First black female, this. First black male, that. See? It's a cap. See, it's cap. Hear him say it again.
1: Unfortunately, strength uh, so that the Negro can achieve his. If black power means amassing of political and economic strength uh, so that the Negro can achieve his legitimate goals, then it is something that we all believe in. And unfortunately, connotations have surrounded the slogan, Black Power, uh, of separatism and violence. I cannot believe in separatism. In other words, there is no salvation of the Negro through isolation. I cannot believe in violence because I think it creates many more social problems than it solves. It only serves to relieve the guilt of the white community while increasing the fears.
0: Hmm. All right. And that's Dr. King breaking it down to you. He told y'all already. Now nah, you don't need to mess with that 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 term black and black power and all that. Now. Nah. See, he never said black people. He said negro. Even though negro isn't right, right? He knew that that was going on. That people were utilizing this, mechanizing this. Black turn, black turn, black turn. We gotta get away from that. Okay, that is how we're getting played and duped. How come we don't have any black artists in the show? We don't need black artists in the show, we need artists. And, And who needs to have black people in the show? Are you saying that white people need to include black people in something? See, what do do we mean? How come this art exhibit doesn't have any black people? No black people should care because no black people exist. Why are we telling people they need to have a section for who? Who are black people? See, black is supposed to mean poor. Black is supposed to mean disenfranchised. Black is supposed to mean incapable of. Black is supposed to mean those needing a leg up. Black is supposed to mean those who have the potential but aren't always there. Black is supposed to mean those who need a handout. Black is supposed to mean uh, 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 the beggars. Is that you? Is that me? Am I just inherently that? Uh, No matter how good I am, I'm black, so my shit is always not good enough? Is that really the truth of it? Well, because of these connotations, this is what it's become. And I'm saying we, we need to break out of that. And it's difficult because then we say, well, if I'm not black, who am I? I say, well, you don't even need to worry about who. You just need to understand that it's not black. You're not black. You just need to understand that first. Don't go tripping off of who. Stop trying to replace who with black. Stop trying to replace who you are with black. Stop trying to replace what you are with black is let black go and then we can discuss everything else but that's a trap it's a black trap and everybody's getting a money bag off of us using by using the black trap oh uh this is going to be the first black transgender artist it's been plenty of black transgender artists y'all They just weren't going under this, put me in the forefront as the first black trans thing. It's been transgender artists, don't let them cap. See what I'm saying? But not all of them want to go along with making a spectacle of who they are. Not everybody, uh, some people are okay with the trick bag. Some people okay with going right along with it. I'm the first black artist to be unapologetic about my obesity. Does it sound like anybody? See? Saying black becomes the escape. It becomes the reason to not be the best. And that's lame. When you have a history of being the best. You don't have a history of being low. You don't have a history of being underachievers. You have a history of greatness. So I want you to check out this next clip here. It's talking about Hawaii. Now I think this is significant because... In Hawaii, they have going on there, what has happened here. So what is going on, what Hawaii is facing, our people here in America has faced already. We've forgotten about it. In some places, they're still dealing with it, so on and so on. But many of us, like in Hawaii, don't know. And it's kind of insane how one can be in the position and not know. However, it's true. Like many of us here don't know that Hawaii is in the position that it's in. We're talking about the fires that's been going on in Hawaii and all these things. Um, But I think after you hear some of this stuff, you might understand why these things with smart cities and um, the fires and all, why some of these things might be going on or might be going on. So check out this clip. It's talking about Hawaiians who were originally there, who were acknowledged by the U.S. as being the original people there and apologized to and given land and treaties and who are now being pushed out by the same U.S. who made those agreements with them. And they're telling the the world about their story and what's been going on. And as I said to you, this has been something that has happened to many nations around the world.
2: This is the Hawaii most visitors never see. An hour from the luxury hotels and shops in the farthest corner away from Honolulu. It's the Hawaiians Hawaii working class and proudly Native, where locals will tell you Hawaii is occupied by the U.S., that it has been for 124 years, and that it'll one day be free. We came here to see the Native Sovereignty Movement in action. We are driving through Waimanalo, which is a stronghold of the Sovereignty Movement here in Hawaii, and we're headed to a village in the hills that was established by a sovereignty group called the Nation of Hawai'i. The village is called Refuge of Waimanale, with a population of roughly 80. The state handed the group 45 acres of land in the 90s after it occupied a popular beach for over a year. Bumpy Kanaheli is the group's leader and head of the village. Do you have your own passport here in the Nation of Hawai'i? We
3: have things ready to print out for the passports.
2: Can I apply for one? They are banning Muslims in the U.S.
3: We're taking in citizenship applications now, (laughs) so any of you disgruntled Americans want to come on by, come to Hawaii, come visit us in Oahu, (laughs) and we'll be more than happy to accommodate you. You gotta learn about us, our history.
2: And for Native Hawaiians, it's a painful history. In 1893, armed U.S. naval forces helped American sugar plantation owners overthrow Hawaii's queen. The provisional government that was set up after ceded Hawaii's sovereignty to the U.S. Then it embarked on a campaign to squash native culture. What's one word you would use to describe what happened here in 1893?
3: Genocide, that was their intent to make life hard for us in such a way it would cause our own destruction. And that's what happened. It's still happening. It's more passive. It's like genocide in paradise. It's made official at the White House. President Eisenhower congratulates the new congressional representatives of Hawaii, adding the 50th and southernmost state.
2: Hawaii officially became America's 50th state in 1959. In 1993, the U.S. formally apologized for its involvement in the illegal overthrow of the sovereign Hawaiian kingdom, 100 years after the fact. That's where the story of how Bumpy wrangled these lush foothills begins. In that apology resolution, the U.S. admitted that Native Hawaiians had never relinquished their sovereignty. Armed with that fact, Bumpy and 300 others occupied Makapu'u Beach. They set up tents. All
0: right, right, I'm going to pause there and I'm going to go back a little bit. Hopefully you're following what they said. All right, so... They go out, She's, the young lady is interviewing the, the, the Hawaiian boy, right? And then they start telling a story about how things got going for him. And it started 100 years before, they said, with the queen. They mm-hmm. said the queen was overthrown illegally. Then they came in and took over Hawaii, right? Made it the 50th state and all this other kind of stuff. Then they said during the Clinton era, they came out and apologized and said that the overthrow of the queen was illegal. They came out and admitted it. And so this brother and a bunch of other Hawaiians formed and said, Well, if the overthrow of the queen was illegal, so is your claim to Hawaii. So give it back to us. And so, this is what they've been explaining happened since then. Let's go back a bit. A
2: Hawaii officially became America's 50th state in 1959. In 1993, the U.S. formally apologized for its involvement in the illegal overthrow of the sovereign Hawaiian kingdom, 100 years after the fact. That's where the story of how Bumpy wrangled these lush foothills begins. In that apology resolution, the U.S. admitted that native Hawaiians had never relinquished their sovereignty. Armed with that fact, Bumpy and 300 others occupied Makapu'u Beach. They set up tents and blocked the area for Hawaii's governor asked Bumpy to end the occupation in exchange for a 55-year lease on this land. Part of the agreement was that if and when a sovereign Hawaiian nation is established, this land would become part of it. (laughs) Along with the renewed fight for independence came a cultural shift throughout Hawaii. Native Hawaiians began reclaiming traditions that were once actively suppressed. That meant teaching youth language and dance, getting traditional tattoos using ancient techniques, and fostering traditional farming and food making. But in reality, not much has changed. Everyone we talked to during our week there repeatedly stressed that Hawaii continues to be occupied illegally.
1: Military complex gave us our complex
0: So I'm playing this because here in America We have this similar situation Where the land is being occupied Right? But I'm telling you that The average person doesn't know that it's being occupied The average person is just going along And they see churches And they see forces and authorities They don't see land being occupied, they just see the city and the state that they live in and their block and the neighborhood. They don't understand what all of these things in position mean. Here, this group of people do. They do understand that their land is being occupied, that the land that they're on is being occupied. And they know what those who are occupying it look like. And they're communicating with them. You see what I'm saying? But half of their issue is the same that we have. Is that so many people around the world don't understand what occupation looks like. Because they've been conditioned to to go along with it. To be um, a participant. Willingly. Go back and hear it again. Look.
2: Hawaii continues to be occupied illegally. Military complex. In traditions that were once active in months. Hawaii's governor asked Bumpy to end the occupation in exchange for a 55-year lease on this land. Part of the agreement was that if and when a sovereign Hawaiian nation is established, this land would become part of it.
0: So understand, they said if and the idea, they said the, the, the government said yo instead of y'all posting up where y'all are how about we agree y'all move y'all situation from right here and stop blocking us to this 55 acre situation we're gonna give y'all this piece of land here and y'all can set up there and if and when a sovereign hawaiian nation is established if and when if if should be if if and when now they made an agreement to if and when See, that's cap. That's what we got to understand the wordplay. If and when. Shouldn't have been an if. Should be just and when. If and when. I wouldn't have been able to agree to. Now, based on the admission and the whole situation, you know, these guys are protesting that they're protesting and making the claim that since that was illegal, and we never relinquished our sovereignty. The land is just ours. There should be no if and when agreement based on the admission. Based on the admission, it should just be a relinquishing. All right. So we admitted we was wrong. We acknowledge that we was wrong. Here you go. Take it back. Have it your way. That's what should occur. Instead, they went into an agreement of If and when So we're going to give y'all this land 55 acres Now if and when Y'all establish A nation of Hawaii Wait a minute They're already a nation of Hawaii What do you mean if and when They are already it They were already it This is why I wouldn't be able to do it. if and when We're going to give y'all the 55 acres And y'all can start rebuilding from there But then we should be saying how we're going to move out. All right, so we're going to be moving out. We're going to go. Now, if that's not the discussion, then ain't nothing really happening. Do you understand? If we're not discussing y'all moving out, it's cap. So listen to this cap. And y'all let me know if you hear it or not.
2: They set up tents and blocked the area for 15 months. Hawaii's governor asked Bumpy to end the occupation in exchange for a 55-year lease on this land. Part of the agreement was that if and when a sovereign Hawaiian nation is established, this land would become part of it. (laughs) Along with the renewed fight for independence came a cultural shift throughout Hawaii. Native Hawaiians began reclaiming traditions that were once actively suppressed. That meant teaching youth language and dance, getting traditional tattoos using ancient techniques, and fostering traditional farming and food making. But in reality, not much has changed. Everyone we talked to during our week there repeatedly stressed that Hawaii continues to be occupied illegally.
1: Military complex gave us our complex syndrome. 124 years have gone, but we are still here standing strong.
2: At a gathering of musicians and activists in Honolulu, the inherited pain was palpable.
1: We all come from very deep earth. The crime has been committed it's still being committed. To it. That is part of our struggle to maintain rights, but more importantly, what are those rights rooted in? And those rights are rooted in a country that had its sovereignty and recognition stolen um, by the United
2: States. Bumby sees his village as a model for self-determination, but for now it's still partially on the grid. The village runs off 200 amp boxes with houses sharing power.
3: Nobody can like have a hot stove or you know, like one of those hot plates or like a um, blow dryer. They got to watch all of that. It's like uh, everybody's in the same house. Because you
2: guys are off the grid. Yeah. So what does it mean for running water?
3: We're currently working on getting water from the mountains.
2: Brandon is Bumpy's nephew and one of the village leaders.
3: We're not politicians. We're not lawyers. We're not like, you know, these highly schooled individuals. We're just Hawaiians exercising our rights over here.
2: 20-year-old Pilepo was born and raised here.
3: Oh, yeah, going to school, I had to leave here. I had to go to school, I had to get an edu- education, because that's the law, the required law. Mm-hmm. I could have been homeschooled, but I'd rather go out, make friends.
2: When people ask you, where do you live, what do you say?
3: People ask me where I live. I tell them I live in um, or we just call it sovereignty.
2: You call this place sovereignty? For some native Hawaiians on the outside, sovereignty movements like Bumpy's are beyond symbolic. They have a real impact. Overall, you
0: need those type of people. If we don't shake up things, Hawaiian language would have never been approved to be taught as a foreign language. We wouldn't have uh, native Hawaiian agencies to provide us with better health and wellness, nutrition, education. So we fought for a lot to receive a lot.
2: What's your message to Americans in the United States who might not know much about Hawaii's history or what you're doing here?
3: I don't know if I want to talk to the people of America. They're like battling with each other right now, right? And so all I can say is we've been there. (laughs) You know, we've been there, America. And we still have a lot to settle with the United States. It's not done.
2: Hey guys, it's Dina. Be sure to check out the last video in this series where I take you back to the studio and reflect on what I've seen and learned in my week here in Hawaii. And let us know what you think.
0: Yeah. So there... Okay, so in Hawaii, you got folks there that are dealing with the... dealing with the issue of being occupied and the very interesting question I asked was if the US made a clear and open apology and admitted that they took things illegally wouldn't you think that the entire people of Hawaii would be up in protest, wouldn't you think that would like halt everything? But it doesn't. You see there's a, a, a select group of people that's saying, hey, this is inappropriate, this is wrong, we speaking out against it, things need to change, and everybody else just says, nah, we're cool with it, let's just keep it the way it is, keep going along. Just turn a blind eye. Well, that's the same way in America and in other places. There's people who understand what's been happening, what kind of laws have been being broken, and they've been explaining it and pointing it out to people. why isn't everyone up in protest? Because most people don't understand what any of this stuff is about. They don't understand what it means to be occupied. Because of social engineering, people have been conditioned to go along with it. I want to point out one more thing before I get off of here. We're going to talk more about the queen of Hawaii, this this particular queen and would happen over on the Swint. We're going to be talking about that on the Swint. So make sure you guys tune in there. All right, But here, I want to pull up one more thing that's related to the United States and overthrowing and then the Queen and how the Queen was overthrown and stuff like this. Where are we looking? So you guys remember this incident here? I got a clip here. It says, chaos in Washington as Trump supporters storm Capitol and force lockdown of Congress. Check this out.
4: And turn in the past few hours, as thousands of supporters of President Trump stormed the US Capitol building, venting their anger at the victory of Joe Biden in the presidential election. They forced the evacuation and lockdown of Congress itself, where lawmakers were all set to approve the election result. Shortly before the clashes, President Trump had addressed his supporters near the White House, telling them that he would never accept defeat. Within the past hour, President-elect Biden called on Mr Trump to tell his people to go home, and within minutes, That was indeed the message delivered from the White House. We'll be live on Capitol Hill shortly. First, we'll have this report by our North America editor, John Sopel.
5: The peaceful transfer of power, the cornerstone of American democracy, seemed a highly abstract concept today. As Trump supporters clashed with police, as they tried and succeeded to storm the Congress, where America's elected leaders had gathered to certify the election victory of Joe Biden. Earlier, in a rally outside the White House, Donald Trump encouraged his loyal base to fight to overturn the result of this bitterly contested election. We're going to walk down to the Capitol... ..and we're going to cheer on our brave senators and congressmen and women. And we're probably not going to be cheering so much for some of them. Because you'll never take back our country with weakness. You have to show strength and you have to be strong. Many of his supporters needing little encouragement to join the the fight.
1: We're We're here to support, you know, if if violence happens, like it happens, but we're not going to start it, you know, we're just like here to defend ourselves. Yeah.
5: Sorry, say that again. I'm a Mexican immigrant. I support Trump. Freedom is paid for with blood. And tyranny always masquerades itself as safety and security. And that's what we're fighting against right now. Outside the Capitol, the outer ring of security had been breached. The crowds had taken Donald Trump at his word and they were taking the fight to the heart of American democracy. They were literally banging on the doors of Congress. And then some Trump supporters managed to get inside. They were armed and wandering the Capitol building. There were tense and violent scenes with police who will have never dealt with anything like this. These pictures appear to show a woman protester being shot inside the Capitol building. A stretcher was sent in. She was later given CPR. A protester breached the inner sanctum of the chamber. The vice president had to be removed to safety by his secret service detail. And then the joint session was adjourned. Earlier, the Republican Senate leader, for so long a loyal lieutenant of the president, turned on him with this withering assessment. If
1: this election were overturned by mere allegations from the losing side, our democracy would enter a death spiral. We would never see the whole nation accept an election again. Every four years would be a scramble for power at any cost.
5: And the Vice President, who is officiating over this joint session and has shown Donald Trump near slavish loyalty, also said it was not his role to overturn the verdict of the people. Mm. My oath to support and defend the Constitution constrains me from claiming unilateral authority to decide which electoral votes should be counted. And he went on, the presidency belongs to the people and to them alone. And the president-elect has gone on television to warn that American democracy is under unprecedented assault and he made this appeal.
1: I call on President Trump to go on national television now to fulfill his oath and defend the Constitution and demand an end to this siege, to storm the Capitol, to smash windows, to occupy offices, the floor of the United States Senate rummaging through desks on the Capitol, on the House of Representatives, threatening the safety of duly elected officials. It's not protest. It's insurrection.
5: Donald Trump has spoken. He called on his supporters to stand down. But condemnation? There was none. This was a fraudulent election. But we can't play into the hands of these people. We have to have peace. So go home. We love you. You're very special. The chamber has emptied. Democracy put on hold. Outside, they were scaling the ramparts, the mob for the moment in charge, believing they have the right to overthrow the will of the people. Tonight, the shining city on the hill, as America likes to describe itself, feels as though the light of democracy is flickering dangerously. John Sopel, BBC News, Washington.
0: Okay. You guys remember that? I wanted to play that out there like that, just so you all, if you didn't, Get any of the details When it all went down You got the details now That right there though That was an attempt At a coup So the same way The queen Was disrupted And pulled out of power In Hawaii by the US That was what I'm not going to say Donald Trump did But that's what that Mob Was attempting to do Okay When they took over the queen Of Hawaii's Shebang they pulled up to her spot With military force Just an army You understand what I'm saying? They walked right up with a whole military Now when you pull up to somebody's spot With a whole military You don't have to fire A shot For it to be clear what's going on So they were able to strong arm That queen Pull up Hey you need to come on out Come with us Come peacefully And once they secure her They just go ahead and take over the show Donald Trump Or the people in support of Trump here rather Tried to pull off this coup the difference is that they didn't have the force. They didn't have a military to show up with. They had a lot of people, but not exactly a military. So they couldn't just walk up silently and everybody just hands down go along with it. The people that they were attempting to usurp had the military, they had the arms, and all this other kind of stuff. So it was a little tricky. But that's what you saw happen that's why they stormed the capital that's you know what i mean they, they tried to over they 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 tried to surround and entrap the decision makers the policy makers you see what i'm saying and then tell them to give it up basically give up your position to make them say okay we submit the question is Who were those people trying to do the coup? Who were were the people trying to overthrow it? Understand by overthrowing, what they wanted to do was take over the United States. The same way those people took over Hawaii, that's what they were trying to do with that storm the Capitol. It wasn't just storm the Capitol and take over the Capitol building. It's take over the whole government operation and the way things go and so on. That's what that was supposed to lead to. So my question becomes, in all of those people that stormed the Capitol, who were they? As the one guy said, I'm a Mexican. What are you doing here? You could have had Russians in there. You could have had uh, Japanese soldiers in In that mob, you could have had all kinds of people in that mob. Who was the mob? Who was really trying to overthrow and usurp? Who was it really? And I'm also pointing this out to you so you understand that these kind of things are going on around the world. This is about power. And the control of economics which is the control of resources okay I don't know this to be about race I don't know any of this to be about race I only know it to be about power and the control of resources So family, you don't want to be utilized by others. you don't want to be harnessed it. you don't want to be used as a as a as a means to an end by any and everybody. You want to be in some form of control of your own self you know and this is what we're talking about gaining control of yourself. I'm not encouraging anyone to storm any capital. I'm not encouraging anyone to become violent for any reason. I'm encouraging everyone to get informed about what's going on so that you can conduct yourself like a sane person. So that you're not walking around while being oppressed believing there's no oppression. It's anchor.fm forward slash 215, the nonstop working podcast. Philadelphia's number one independent podcast. Make sure you guys continue to tune in. Make sure you continue to visit our website, www.daus.me. Everybody who's been visiting so far, thank you. Make sure you guys tune in and check out The Swint. All right, The Swint network is growing, so you don't want to miss out. And tune in to our next segment over at The Swint, where we're going to have Brother Abdullah Bay talking to us about reparations
2: and post-dominium.